And tonight, we have the new Rip Comics crew. Well, at least thought we did. Right now, we have Roll, and we have the lovely Marty. And of course, we have- Hi, Marty. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, This week, actually, uh, it's been a long time coming. It almost feels like it's been a week since we've done a show. But uh, it's, it's been a crazy week. Uh, I think uh, all of us uh, have had one heck of a, of a time. It, it never felt that it was ever, ever, ever going to end. Uh, but uh, we knew this day would come. But and, he's gone. And it's, it's yep, that's it. That's it. It's, uh, it's almost, uh, it's like uh, serendipitous. But we have, we have one less co Oh, wait, who are we talking about? Oh, I, I uh, you know what? Let's got it. I got it right now. Let's okay. get to first of the minute news. First of the All minute right. news. This, this, this right here, this has been something that, that has actually been plaguing people almost for two years now. Uh, a lot of people, uh, some people don't even know about it, but I thought I'd just go ahead and bring it up here because I think it's, it, to me, it's even more intriguing, especially with the King and Black coming. It's this. Donny Kate swears nobody will ever find the Venom number one's super secret Easter egg. Now, I've kind of mentioned this. I don't think I've mentioned it on the show. I might have just hinted nope. about it, maybe at some time or another, or maybe it was just kind of in, in passing. But uh, I know I've talked about it off show. And one thing that we do know, it is not on the cover of the book, which a lot of people seem to be focusing. You know, they figure, oh, if it's an Easter egg, like <clears throat> a very simple, a very, yeah, very simple, yeah, you know. How, how is it that it could be that simple and be a simple Easter egg? Is this, so did easy. he write effect instead of effect? Those were toddler eggs. I purposely put those in front of you to find on purpose because I'm trying to sell a T-shirt. It's a red herring. Red herring. Anyway, so uh, this one is this one to me intrigues me the most. To me, I think it would be interesting that if we actually went through uh, each of the uh, pages to see yeah. if we can actually spot it live. So that yes. way there's no shenanigans. A special, a special edition. Is that what you're saying? I think I've got the perfect solution. Mm-hmm. Cat woman. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Anyway, but no, I think it'd be an awesome thing. Maybe, you know, you know what? Maybe we just take a page. <clears throat> For the next however many pages it is, and we'll just explore a page for we're gonna call it Searching for Donny Kate's Secret Super Eggs uh on the Rip Comic Podcast or something of that nature. But he swears that no one is gonna find this. It's something that that he's been uh, slowly, you know, kind of mentioning to people. He said it was in the first issue and it continues to be hidden, and that readers, he he says readers will never guess what it is. Um the first issue uh, that that it was in Venom number one, and what it, fans will continue. If you go to his Twitter every once in a while, fans will say, "Hey, I found it. This is it." And he's like, "Nope, nope, you're not going to find it." Him and Ryan Stegman have actually put it, have made it 
made it a point, I guess, to work together in, in, in some regard to hide something in there. A lot of people say that there are some pages that resemble Grendel, and that's the symbiote dragon uh, that the goddess symbiote Null controls. So a lot of people have been thinking it relates back to the dragon itself. And then he goes, ha man, you guys, uh, this is an Easter egg thing. I, I'm telling you, you're never going to find it. See, the thing is, what the definition of the Easter egg needs to be uh, broken down into a definition. If I put a website on a page, that is not an Easter egg. Guess what? That is called a link. That's called a web link to go to. Or if I'm going to put a phone number in a book, what is that? Is that, a, is that something hit? No, that is a phone number in a book. And he's done both of those. He did it in Thor. You end up calling the phone number and you actually talk, you're hearing Tony Stark's uh, uh, phone. You actually call his phone. This just recently in, in, in crossover, it, to me, it's no big deal, but he put a web link. But when you click the web link, it actually takes you to Donny Cates' uh, 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 merch, merch page. You can actually buy various shirts and and different items like that and i think that's that's cool i mean you you actually are putting an interactive element into the thing now an easter egg if those are the kind of easter eggs that you've ever found in your life and you've never really been easter hunting you're 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 you're, you're setting up the eggs like the way we used to set it up for our little kids and uh you know we end up putting the little the little eggs and all that kind of stuff everywhere and you know and all that kind of stuff so um when, when you when you're hiding something uh, you're, you're, you're doing it to, you know, you're, you're, you're hiding it. That's what it is. It's, it's, you're hiding an, an Easter egg. Uh, it's like, you know, back in the day, it used to be, Oh, I found a hidden track on a, on a CD and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's kind of one of those things. Uh, he insists that only himself and Ryan Stegman know, uh, uh, on November 2nd, as we were noticing on the screen, it's a snapshot from the Twitter. It says, has anyone found the Easter egg in Venom number one, by the way? And he said, no. And he goes, you know, you guys in this Easter egg thing, I'm telling you, you're never going to find it. Only Ryan and I know about it. And, and, you know, and that's it. You know, a lot of people are, are, are saying like some of these smudges or, whatever, you know, that, you know, that these are, these are the hidden things and stuff like that. And they, they, a lot of them kind of refer to Grendel. And the thing is, uh, I don't think it would be something of that obvious. Now, what does it relate to? That is one of the things that I guess would, would make, you know, you think, what, what could it be? What could have, it, and every artists in, in the, in the history of, of, of art and, and paintings and the, you know, the pyramids and all that, they've, they've hidden things in, in art. You know, there are things in there that we don't even know what they are, but they're probably like hidden things. You hide a signature in something. What it relates to, I have no idea. But to me, I'm, I'm very intrigued to, to jump in the, as an Indiana Jones kind of thing. I think it would be kind of interesting. Uh, it says right here, this is not the time a super secret Easter egg has been placed in a Marvel property. Writer-director James Gunn placed a secret Easter egg in the first Guardians of the Galaxy film and says that no one has been able to guess it yet. So even he put something in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, I see Howard the Duck. Must No, no. Like I said, that's out in the open. Why would that be considered an Easter egg? You know what I mean? So now, when did Venom number one come out? 2018. 
2018. So you would have to go uh, Venom 2018. Yeah, yeah. And then it ends up popping up and it's what he's like standing, you know, it's very, uh, it was, a, it was the launch of a whole new. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to read it right now and find it. <laughs> yeah. After two years Live and, on the show, I'm going to be like, Oh, there it is. The most criminal minds have been on the search for this uh, elusive thing. And you expect to find it in one show. How many hours you show is, sir? Found it. How preposterous. It might be the Spider Slayers, for all I know. Or the Jonah Jameson. The Jonah yeah. Jameson mystery. Robot. Robot Schmobot. I don't know what to mobot about. What are your thoughts on uh, on Easter eggs, hiding things in movies and books and, and covers? Uh, Roland, Marty, do you guys have any... any uh, it's kind of weird for me calling my my wife that, but uh, I do it for the show. I do it for the show. You usually call her Schmoopsy. Schloop, bloop, bloopy doopies. <laughs> but uh, so, what do you? Um, what is your? Uh, what, so, what do you? I guess, what are your thoughts on just Easter eggs in general, being in pictures, posters, books, you know, media, you know, an artist, you know, hiding something, you know, in in a in a you know, and something like that. I think it's cool. <laughs> I don't. Thank you, Corbin Dallas. So, <laughs> no, for I real, mean, I think it's cool because the artist is putting a piece of something that means something to them uh, in their, I guess, their artwork. Well, and you know, I, I brought it up before where, you know, you look at, I mean, comics nowadays, most artists, if you look at uh, buildings, uh, names of buildings, it's usually an homage to um, past artists, past writers. Um, even in The Crow, uh, there was that building in the back that said Eisner, you know, and I'm pretty sure that was a shout out. Um, so, I mean, Easter eggs are usually, you know, and, and again, it depends on if you're putting an Easter egg in there for it to never be found. It's cool. Uh, you know, I mean, it gets people to read the book, look through the book, enjoy the book. Cause guess what? The people who slab it, they're never going to know the Easter egg because it's locked up and it's sealed and they're never going to be able to see it. And this is, you know, I've, I've been a very big advocate of actually reading your books to love them, read them. I mean, you know, you've said before, you know, you remember how my comics looked, you know, <laughs> yeah. you remember how my, you know, uh, look how I treated that comic that you pointed out to me is like $45 now. Um, or, and that's the carnage, the, or the carnage comic that is probably a lot more that you told me was nothing. And those are based around media that is happening currently right now. You have carnage that's about to appear in the next Venom film. And then you also have, oh, and then he's making his comeback, Cletus Cassidy. And, and of course the, uh, the Donny Cates, uh, uh, uh King in Black and anything with with Noel right now, he's on that in that path. And then with Mandalorian, which I thought we brought that up, dude. We yeah. said that's a sneak peek. I bet you a tie. And then bam, I just could. I was like, watch. And then there it goes. It just jumped. And that's why the- I brought it up. I said, it's it's this right here. That's and I was like, this is gonna make this comic even even more because this is this is before where they showed how he would have escaped. And you know what? Cannon. If you it, it, at the end of the comic, 
he ends up getting falling back into a Sarlacc pit in the Jawa ship. Interesting. Somebody's reading some old. Com- Did they read the Rip Comics podcast? Uh, it could have been one of those three people and now we have four because possibly possibly we might have someone watching we have three people watching is one of them mama (laughs) i'm not too sure (laughs) christian's right now going grandma they're on right now They're, they're, they're you, code names. You hear that? We're using code names. So, Easter eggs. Easter when eggs. I think of Easter eggs, let me go back. When I think of Easter eggs, I remember. Oh, God. I'll remain. I'll, okay, go ahead. You do your version. I'm going to tell you what I remember about Easter. Well, I'm talking about we would go to my aunt and uncle's. We'd go to Batman's house. Okay, you got a nice story. Okay, go ahead. Yes. It's, I, I was going to tell you the day the white people came and did Easter with us. Oh, no. Is she watching? It was their family. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it took rugby to a whole new level. It was the football fight in Flash Gordon. They, so, well, you have to say something about that now. I'll just I'll speed that one up. Uh, on Easter, we use cascarones, which are hollowed out eggshells with confetti in them. Well, when people don't know that they're hollowed out with confetti in them, they use real eggs. And that's what I guess our neighbors <laughs> did. Yeah, they've they, never they, seen it before, and they wanted never, to. They never the got to experience Easter the Hispanic way or the Latino Mexicano way, and they just look. Oh, I got a whole thing of eggs, and they're just, it was, it was something. Meanwhile, the Latinos on the other side are going. Yeah. They were shocked. Yeah. Uh, and get the you know it was it was a very interesting uh, thing. And then when it came down to finding they we dad was cool. I mean he said yeah come on you guys can do the Easter egg hunt. But then it became like part football, part rugby, pushing people out of the way to find to get the eggs. Like it it was almost like the first one to get the eggs or I don't know what that was a whole that was like a Harry Potter kind of shit or something, dude. I don't know what. We, it your was, mom might be watching. You better watch your mouth. Uh, we learned this the, from her. The the actual people might be watching. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, back to my the Batman's house, and yes, we called my uncle Batman because he told me he was Batman. He said he had the Batcave underneath. He bought me everything Batman. He I I still have the the you know uh, may rest in peace, uh, Cesar Vela. He bought me the the toy Bat Batmobile from. Uh, what is it, 86, 87? Mm-hmm. And I still have it. Um, well, we're going to talk when, about all that stuff in another show, uh, stuff like that. But, okay, so we would go to his house, and they would number all the eggs because I remember they said, I think one year, like the whole next year when they were hiding eggs, they found an egg, so they like started n- numbering them. But they would kind of just put the ladder by the wall because they would hide eggs up on the roof. Like, and this was all the cousins. So this was like everybody would show up there and it'd be like this massive, well, did you find all the eggs? I don't know. They're up on the roof right now. (laughs) And they would just that. So when I think of East, like hunting Easter eggs, it wasn't just like what we do with my kids, just kind of 
you know, I have a lot of young kids, so we just kind of throw them out on the grass and, hey, we point to them. But for us, it was like no holds barred. The, the parents didn't give help whatsoever. If you were a little kid, you'd no holds barred. It's, oh, you didn't find any? Well, you need to do better next time. And, you know, because that was Robin Rich telling me and they were all looking at me. We got eggs. But, hey, counseling's helped. <laughs> It's like, oh, did you get PTSD from the Navy? Eh, some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of it was from home, though. Anywhere. I had a brother named Rob. It's documented <laughs> oh, on YouTube. Gosh. Yeah, I'm going to mute some people. All little, whoa, my shoulder disappeared there for a little bit. And it's the infamous shoulder. Uh-oh. Oh, no, that didn't really happen, Mom. <laughs> I did a little bump off. Did you send her a text? I did a pop willy. The pop willy? It was just what? a little pop willy and I scraped myself. Pop pop willy. That's it. It's a little pop willy. That's what mom said. You what you doing? The pop willies on the thing. It's like coke. You know what I mean? All accidents on a motorcycle are pop willy or every trick on a bike is a pop willy. Ouch. Uh oh. A dog oh, toe. okay. I thought it was something else. Woo! This show, this show just got. <laughs> what did you think it was? I don't know. The poltergeist. That's what I thought it could have been. Oh my goodness. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, well, that was the Easter egg from Venom number one. Uh, there it is. There it is. The Easter egg from Venom number one. An- uh, another important piece of news that, that relates to uh, comic books and the, the world of slab, and it is a no slab zone. But check this out. Did you did you get a chance to check this little headline? No. How widespread is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle last Ronin number one bleached misprint comic? Look at this shit. Oh yeah, and it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know how many of the okay, mind you, the book was already allocated because it didn't even print enough. Now they don't know how many other copies of this very, you know, sought after book. People are buying books, dude, and they're jacked in the middle because you know what? They're not even opening them. Yep. Imagine the guys that went and had him slab and they're gonna get a notice back saying, Yeah, your book's fucked in the middle. Whoa, man. <laughs> Yeah, it. You know what? You get a nine point eight, but it's a bleached variant. So it's going to be interesting to see how many of these. If you have one of these bleached copies, anybody, uh, the only what 10, 20 people in Corpus that have a book of this, if you have a bleached version in the inside, let us know. I'd I'd, I'd be curious to find out what what kind of ratios we're looking for because now you're going to have people actually scrambling around to open up their last Ronins. And they're going to try to find out. There are no replacements for these, by the way. They will not replace these. That's it. So you're going to have some that are ex- like mint that are all the way through. And then you're going to have this bleached out variant. And then, of course, then you got the second print that's on its way. So if, you, if this book was already a hot book at 50 bucks, between 50 and $20 is what it's, it's playing out on eBay, and now you've got this that nobody knows the exact count of how many of these books were, were jacked up. So and it looks like it looks like the it's bleached in the rear. I hear a lot of people like that though. Uh-uh. Rob. 
So what do you what do you think about that, Roll? I mean, you're, it, you. I mean, luckily your versions are not like that at all. No, nope. I got. Yeah, I got the third one was full like color. That. I know, right? Well, somebody bought it. Full um, color. Turtles. So far, so far, so far, the comics that I have told my comic book shop to get, it, it they're they're been sold out. The Spawn he ended up getting. There's no copies left. The Last Ronin. I didn't tell him to get that one. Luckily, when I saw it, there were three up there, and I was like, oh, do you know what you have here? Um, crossover, I don't expect that to be there. Um, right. And you so said, he you had, said crossover, had, what, had yeah. three, three copies also? He, he, is that three he copies. Gets? Okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to see. Yeah, okay, I see it now. And, and, the, and the thing is, the, the thing to notate on this, we're going to talk about the book itself a little bit later, but actually – Speaking of secret Easter eggs and variants and all that, they threw a secret variant, which they didn't announce anywhere else. Uh, yep. Somewhere on Twitter, somebody spotted spotted it and he goes, yeah, that's the secret variant cover. It's the cover that my brother has right there. Uh, the original cover of Crossover has the little boy reading the comic book that is his cover of him getting his face, you know, uh, blown out or whatever. But... The variation actually has the ellipse L on the cover in the book that the boy is reading. So it's a little thing. And I, and I mentioned this. I mentioned all of this to the guys. This is the cool thing about this particular book. Every little panel, you could count the, so many different things that are loaded into this book. Is it, are they red herrings? You see facsimiles of characters that could be based on dc characters it looks like you could see thor shazam spider-man Spider the po poster in the back right there there are so many different buzzkill you can prominently see buzzkill in one of the shots uh the title uh we've seen the cover of l breaking through on, on one of the covers and we counted those covers last time and this is a book based on crossover so you're going to see all kinds of superheroes it's almost like having a guest artist or guest appearance or like Fantasy Island. You don't know who the hell's going to pop up in this particular book. But we're laying down the foundations of the initial characters as it is. And we'll get more into that book a little bit later. Because I think that... I'm going to look for Charo now. I, I, I really thought that that was a, a, a really cool read. But we'll get into that in a little bit. So that's yeah. that's what I got for uh, First of the Minute News. As we Before we get into the reviews of the comics, I wanted to introduce everybody to uh, my lovely wife, Mariela or Mari, uh, that we affectionately call her in the podcast world. Uh, she is the uh, co-host also of Curious Transmissions, which is a another podcast that we actually do. And I'm, I'm so happy that we're able to introduce her into, uh, into the fold. I don't know if, if she's going to be able to be part of every show, but it's always good to get uh, another person, another view, another voice uh, when it comes to reading some comics. Because a, a lot of us of all of all kinds read comics, young, old, male, female, uh, animal, mineral, vegetable. Uh, all of us, we, we all read comics. And that's the beauty of the comic books. But uh, I wanted to ask Mariella, uh, what was the first comic book that you actually can recall uh, opening uh, or, or seeing uh, in your life? Um, 
I know it was with my cousin Arnie because he would collect comics. And so because we hung out all the time, I was interested in the same hobbies that he was interested in. Is Mad considered a comic book? I think so. I, I, it's considered a, a, a funny book. Okay. Well, no, I, I, no, no. They had so many celebrated artists, oh, comic book yes. artists. It's like, and and every page. And, Some recently just passed away. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it to me that is like, uh, that could be considered a gateway into other literature because they they parodied, you know, film, television, mm -hmm. politics, and everything. So you're always well, mixing. Not only that, but uh, Gru Gru used to make little appearances. Sergio, in, um, yeah, Argonius. Yeah. Archie. Argonius. Yeah. Was another one. Then they have their own like parody. Uh, Doug was Don Martin. He had his own little superhero parody guys. He'd be parodying Superman and whatever, and they would you know mix them up and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Archie, uh, what what else? I guess did you did you do anything like Marvel, DC, like Spider Man's and Batman's and stuff? Or do you, you know, I I never really paid attention to like Marvel and DC. Like I couldn't even tell you like. <laughs> Y'all are gonna make fun of me. <laughs> I don't even know like if Spider-Man or Superman or Marvel or DC. I have no idea. I just know like they were comic books and um like Venom. I think that was like the first comic book that I actually like went and out of my way to purchase. And then because I would my cousin would collect them, so I'd read all of his comic books. Because he had them there in his room. And, you know, he would read his own. And then then if he was done with it, I'd pick up the book and I'd read them too. But, I, I mean, like I said, the one that I actually bought was the Venom ones. So. Whoa. Hey. Hey. Must have some kind of secret portal door or something. <laughs> Crossover. <laughs> to what I miss. Uh, we were just actually introducing Mariella and uh, her her story into comics. How how she got into into comic books. What was the last comic book did you ever remember actually reading? Do you recall or looking at? She tried reading Wolverine. Um, yeah, but someone kept talking and interrupting Ooh. me, and my ADD kept going off. <laughs> control um i did read the crossover the first one i really enjoyed that one um i don't know i guess manga is what i like would really read bisengast is my favorite manga and that's see and that's uh that's something else i kind of wanted to have someone else because i know i i every you know i, I read manga i've read manga and to have somebody else with a perspective, knowing the art styles, the the different type of storytelling, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it, uh, you know, that's why I was happy that you're going to be a part of this, uh, you know, if not all the time, at least time to time, because um, I know I don't, I don't think uh, Robert or um, Richard really read manga. I think uh, uh, those are the ones you read backwards. So that's where so we're it's at gonna, right now. It's uh, going to turn out that the Hobgoblin is going to be. That's the Easter egg. There's a dude with a flaming pumpkin on his head. And Venom number one. Yeah, but isn't that what happened? To, isn't that what happened to uh, that character? He appeared later on. It doesn't matter about the character, Rob. It's an Easter egg. It's oh, imagery. 
oh, oh. I, it's same effect, dude. Anyway, um, let's see where we're at, sir. Let's go. Well, maybe like this I, Easter egg is about the game you're not supposed to play when people are around. Oh, wait, no, that's an ad. Never mind. Yeah, we're going to examine the ads now. Uh, it was a huge week for comics. I, I had already mentioned last week that there was like at least 14, 15 different books that I was kind of targeting. Or uh, a huge and, week for lack of comics. Oh, yeah, that's another story. Uh, something that's plaguing the town. Um, it, it's, it's one of these things, you know, it, it happened before, I want to say maybe last year. Um, was it last year? Yeah, it was last year around the uh, leading up to 300, uh, Sp uh, Spawn 300. There was this little time where the books weren't coming in on the time. I don't, I don't know what, you know, whatever. Different, different I, things. I think going what's going to end up happening is um, at the last minute, we're going to get a lot of mailing comics. And it's going to change everything. We'll be able to read them and they're going to be mailed in at the last minute. <laughs> the, he's going to find all his comics and they're going to be mailed in. Anyway, let's let's get into since there were a lot of books, it was a huge week for comic books. And like like Rich uh, said, in some cases, there wasn't a huge week for comics in some places. But let's let's jump into this real quick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with the infamous book that Roland had been desperately, eagerly, you know, eagerly. Couldn't couldn't wait. It, this this was just as much as the Teenage Turtles, and it's Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. Top Marvel talents sink their claws into all new Wolverine tales, and they're bloodier than ever. Logan, Patch, Weapon X, Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. I've been we've been waiting. The moment you showed me about this, and then it, it again. I follow a. Uh, Adam Kubert on uh, Instagram and I thought they were just kind of drawings here and there, you know, he would show little clips. Yeah. So he would draw, he would show just like, like part of the face, like a little snippet and go, Oh, just a little something I'm working on. And then you showed it when, you know, when this came out, you, you sent it to me, Hey, check this out. And I was just like, that's what he's been talking about. And, you know, Kubert's, you know, one of my favorite uh, artists that, you know, works you know drawing wolverine and stuff like that but overall this is number one of four um can't wait till next issue because that's supposed to have a story written by my favorite and everybody's favorite chris claremont um these are tales that we've heard about we've always heard of wolverine's you know berserker wolverine but you never really saw it you know and uh raw was saying you know it's kind of like because of the comics code and stuff like that we didn't we didn't see what he's capable of but the things that happen in all three of these um stories and they're stories from his past there's little things that you know um uh, tell you know something he he was doing with nick fury um yeah i mean look at that he's he's cutting heads off punching people with their claws out cutting people in half um yeah, there you go. Decapitation. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah, the Wolverine. And and he's not like he's in berserker mode for a reason, which I mean is is in his character. In in that uh, that story right there. There's three the there's three stories there. And that was the cabin fever one. 
um, the Beast Within. So it shows uh, Weapon X when he's um, the beginning, when they're teaching him how to, to – they're testing him on being a killer. I Shall Be a Wolf. This one has a story with Nick Fury in it. And again, it it just shows how far he's, he'll go and just how great his regenerative powers are. And then Cabin Fever is just a, a, another story of him just pretty much walking around and um, getting kind of thrown in a situation where he realized he needs to be a part of. It was it, it lived up to my hype. You know, I, I couldn't wait for it, and it did not disappoint. I can't wait for the, the next three issues. It, it, I'd say it led itself to, to what everybody's imagination had always been. Which is what? Bloody. It, it's, it, yeah, it, how is it that you can have those always, claws, right? You know what I mean? And they, there they not be showed, just blood everywhere. They, yeah, they always told stories about, oh, you, you know, how dark and, and, and brooding he was because of what he's seen, what he's done, what he's... And this is basically explaining what he had been through. And it's just a snippet. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's been through generations of, of wars and, and different things like that. He's been so, a soldier. He's been all di- in different armies of different kinds of, you know, fighting and, and you know, wars, blood. And, and this puts you a little bit more into his psyche of why he is the way he is and why he's, you know. Yeah. And, and this right here, these stories are only, um, these stories are only when he has his, uh, the adamantium put on him, which like, again, this story starts off with, uh, the weapon X. So, I mean, like, like Richard was saying, there were so many things that he did when he was just, his claws were bone. And, you know, there, when he went through the weapon X program, his, memory got jacked with and he forgot a lot of that but recently he's he was uh finally getting the pieces put together so i I totally agree with him that's this is what we and again this is what we've been waiting for wolverine fans uh from the comic you know like he said we always heard that and you just see him with a cigar and it's like yeah i've been through rough stuff no this is we finally get to see that rough stuff and again doesn't disappoint it finally you know, there can never be too many Weapon X stories. And again, just loved it. Well, from what I saw with the one page that I was able to look at, um, I thought that the artwork was like really cool. And um, at the beginning, it was already intriguing. So. And that's Adam Kubert. Uh, again, uh, like I said, he was. Uh, he was sharing a little snippets of this on his Instagram page. And again, I said it last, uh, last, uh, issue episode. Um, if you're not, if you're on Instagram and you like, you know, good artwork, um, follow him. Cause he, he shows a lot of, um, of his artwork that he's working on. And of course, whenever you got a Kubert doing some artwork, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it draws that tension, uh, the Kuberts. That's why, you know, honestly, when I hear the Kubert name, I'm like automatically like, I got to check it out. And that also, yeah, brings us to the, there we go. We're back. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Anyways, um, we got, what is that? Not this, good. This was, no, 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 no. Okay. This was, again, this was our hype train. We saw who drew it. And as you see, it's Emma Kubert. 
which is the granddaughter of um, Joe. Um, I, pose, you know I, posed a the I posed a question to, to Roland. I said, we've got uh, Emma Kubert. She's got this book. I've been, we've been seeing a lot of, of, of splash on this one. And we decided it sold a lot. It sold a hundred thousand, didn't it? It and it, it even had a yes. second printing. It was a real successful yes. uh, first issue, and there was a little on the fence. And I and this actually developed a new uh, segment of the show. This show has been put in a category of is it pull box worthy? This is based on my brother, my brother's opinion, based because he had a little caveat about, about the book and wanted to explore the first three issues. So we decided to do a dive into the first three issues of Inkblot. This is being the third issue. And he was going to make a determination if for him, based on the hypeness, because there's a lot of books that are hyped all the time, Department of Truth, Scumbag, Crossover. I mean, you name it. There's always a book that is being super hyped online like 24 seven, you're seeing, you know, so many write-ups until the book actually makes its debut. Does it live up to the hype? Is it something you want to keep in your box? Because like, like we made the comment, there's at least what 14, 15 books, not including tons of other stuff that are out there. I mean, there's hundreds and like at least, at least a hundred books that come out, I think on a, on a weekly basis. So we decided to put this on the, the, on the clock, so to speak, is this pull box worthy, you know, mission for, for, uh, for Roland ink block. Um, again, uh, we did a lot of hype on this because of Emma Cooper. Uh, this was her, uh, first as like, you know, we're, we're not knocking comic. the art either. I mean, I, no, we, no, very accomplished and, and, but, artists and stuff like that. We're basically looking at the story and when you're on a budget and you're having to take those, you know, careful looks at those books, is this something that would be considered, you know, pull box worthy? I would want to read it based on the, the description itself. No, no. And okay. the artwork. Oh, okay. You Let's know see, what? Mariela, Mariela will take issue four, five, and six. I have to read one, two, and three. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. No, you what? don't. We, we'll explain. We'll explain. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Roll. Re read the thing and we'll, we'll explain after. <clears throat> The cat befriends a sea monster, and the two venture into the realm of the depths. Sorcerers have become sea folk, living peacefully in floating kingdoms upon the endless ocean. The peace ends with the arrival of an unlucky cat. So, these first three, yeah, these first three issues are, you can just pick up any issue and read. This is like... Standalone. In book. a way, yeah. So this this is Quantum Leap without the charm of Scott Bakula. Um, the first issue. It this is the, the first issue is what got us into. Hey, is this you know this is pretty good looking. Let's you know that it, it it was actually decent. You know the artwork again, top notch. She is a Kubert. She learned from the best. Um, with that being said, okay. So issue two came out. Um, had nothing to do with the first issue. Um, it had to do with this whole other story and just so happens to have the black cat in there. Um, this is a Scooby-Doo um, situation here. The cat just happens to be in the background and then all of a sudden, I, I, I'm going to do a spoiler. The last issue, 
they the story that was taking place there was a call to arms and they said yes we're gonna follow the way of the cat and then this issue comes out so again it was a brief look into these dimensions that they were talking about but you're only seeing like uh, again these captions right here are from the person from the first book talking about oh i've I've tried to look for this cat, but it's not really a cat. It's just this ink. And I, you know, but I'm, I have other busy things to do. And it just goes on again on this other story that really. I, with pull box, pull box worthy. It's not pull box worthy for me, unfortunately. Um, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I was hoping to get more information by the third um, issue. We thought the second issue was just kind of a, okay, just a little taste of, what is going to come out through the book, but then it just ended. So I thought the next issue was going to have that part of the story. Um, it didn't, it had no closure from that second issue. Um, so, so I mean, saying I, it was like, like when you were watching the walking dead and all of a sudden you get this one story, this one episode where it had nothing to do with any of the major characters it was like a little side thing. And then the following episode brought you back into the original story. And, and but we're still waiting to go does. back into no, the it, original story. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. We're in issue three and they still again. Now, the, the title character, the main person who created this ink blot um, has is brought down to just a few captions on there of her saying, oh, I'm I really don't need to worry. About, I, I need to look for this cap, but I really don't need to. And it's like. Well, what you know? So then the cat's like gunslinger spawn. Yeah, this had a feel to me, kind of like that world of of bone. Um, you know, you see the sea monster there, but it's also it, again artwork's great. But then also there's like these like animated, you know, characteristics of this. Uh, I, I just unfortunately that's I'm gonna like go into my comic my local comic store and tell them to just take that off the list. Because again, I, I don't get that many books. Um, I, I can't, um, I, I, you know, I've, I've got a family, a big one, and I couldn't like go into a store and like spend, try to spend $148 or something like that and getting comics and putting them back or something. Um, so I have to pick and choose, you know, I don't resell. I read my comics. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. Uh, so I, it's a handful. It's the Wolverine um, crossover, uh, Savage Dragon, and now uh, hopefully the Last Ronin. Um, I thought I was gonna have to wait. And again, that's the that's the this, this is a funny thing about uh, this comic book store um, because again, like we've talked in the past, uh, I thought I was gonna have to wait until the trade paperback came out of Last Ronin because Rob was telling me. Oh, they're, you know, no, practically nobody's getting them. People are putting limits on them. I walk into my local comic book store and there's three issues just on the shelf. And I looked at them. I'm like, um, can I get two? Yeah, you can get all three. I'm like, I'll just take two. Um, <laughs> and so I got those. And then all of a sudden, again, you know, then they're having issues about, you know, one of the comic book stores not getting any comics at all. And here I go in and again. There's crossover, you know, just so, so. Un unfortunately, 
my brother's verdict on ink blot but you know what i, I i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna have mariella read the first three books and then we'll get it uh we'll call it the second opinion and and again <laughs> it's a and, new but no, no, say, there's, it just, that's just his that's his call on that what he feels because uh I, again i'm not saying it's bad yeah and that's the thing i don't want to i mean it's not bad it's not a bad read but for what again it, it, it's not something that you would want to spend money on the artwork's great um it's not the kind of comic i i i, I want to keep getting right now but it's one of those ones where you know every once in a while maybe down the line because it doesn't look like you really have to keep going with it that um like i said it, it has that quantum leap feel each issue is the only thing linking it together is this cat and i don't know where it's going um if they told me, hey, the first year is just going to be looking at all these dimensions and finally it's going to come together and, you know, or maybe this cat is, you're going to find out, starts crossover. <laughs> you know what? That would be the most craziest thing in the world that all of a sudden it's the, this cat somehow uh, pops up. It, you know what? It would not and surprise they're both image. me. Yeah, I know. They're both image. It would not be Colorado that the cat lives in, or is it just going to throw no, in there, Colorado? No, they're in some kind of weird. Um, I don't know. I think they're Dimension? in some kind of yeah. They're in some weird uh, like alt world. It's it it is not like an Earth, right? Roll. Did did you get a sense that it was Earth of some kind? Well, I mean, they're different dimensions. I mean, they're right, different right. dimensions and kingdoms that he was able to find these ways into these kingdoms, and he went through and and took out. But, but see, okay, even then, you read issue two and three, and you don't know anything that happened from issue one. There's, you don't hear anything about the king or these different, you know, it, no, you don't, in second one, you don't even hear about the queen that is her sister. You just hear, you, then all of a sudden you're in these different dimensions, and they're different um, hierarchy, they're different princesses and wizards and sorcerers. And uh, again, I thought I was going into this uh, number three continuing on because it's like watching a, a an hour-long episode and stopping at the 30-minute mark but never getting to finish it and then they just go to the next uh a next a next story and then it's like a twilight zone and watching only half of it you don't even get the closure yeah. of yeah there was there was something of a weird speed up on the end of this particular issue which i i found mm -hmm. it very strange either that maybe the book was originally written a little bit longer and then they kind of because the the Without revealing too much, there there is some kind of a conflict that ends up happening, and it's almost like we see part of it, and then it's like it zooms into this other thing, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Am I missing what something? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, on the next on her on the next show that uh, that we have Mariella on, she'll go ahead and and do her second opinion of uh, Ink Blots one through three, and then when issue six comes out, we'll all we'll all take a look at Ink Blots uh, as a uh, a revisit and see if maybe maybe it is something that can you know make it back in the box so to speak what do you yeah. think and again yeah and Mariela, how are you Mari, Mari. i'm gonna read them yeah I, mean, I, I, I just i'm intrigued by what the little yeah. uh description was and the little kitty cat was cute so well, it's actually just ink it's an ink blot and so the cute little eyes they're they're ink lots <laughs> but yeah no seriously it it is a good read i just can't um 
budget wise do that all right well what we've been doing we uh <laughs> we had been seeing the last uh we the we've been we've been doing the x of swords uh we got to the halfway point with stasis we're gonna start with x of swords x-men it's part 12 and it's x of x-men number 14 this is the variant cover which i'm am i missing something here with this cover yeah you said this um this this doesn't come into play at all in this book does it at all no so it is like a todd mcfarland cover (laughs) okay well we got a little short haiku that we usually have uh, as part of these uh, descriptions. The lovers, a garden, a chasm of secrets. Well, it, it, they're delving further into, into the, I guess, the background story of Genesis and, and Apocalypse. Uh, the, the, the harder and, and tougher they make her, the softer he appears to be uh, goes back to what she had said before. You're not strong enough. I mean, I, I like this book. Uh, it was, it, it was a, a good read. It kind of stalemated us to where it didn't move on. Um, kind of like a filler piece again, but uh, you know, it, it, it delves a little deeper into, into apocalypse. This was, a, this was a good turning point. Um, to me, what it did was, um, and like Richard said, uh, it set up, you know, what, you know, because again, we have to have some, it, it has to have meaning. Um, and that's what this issue did. It was a filler issue, but it wasn't a wasted filler. Um, it ended up, um, again, yeah, showing that, you know, maybe that's why, you know, Apocalypse had been so hardened. Um, throughout the millennia because of the loss of his wife. To me, it was a, a good filler issue because it gave backstory where we needed backstory without having to read the Xavier files. These, uh, the, I have to say, I, I remember after reading these, I told you uh, this X-Men and Marauders were two books. I was like, I, I can't, again, it, it pushed the story along to the point where I can't wait till the rest of X, so which next week is another Marauders. But anyway, and well, let's 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 do that. Let's let's get right into uh, into that because that is the next book. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff that is going on in this book. Now, we've already discussed. I like the other, like the other cover with uh, Storm and uh, Death. That yeah, was uh, yeah. actually pretty interesting. But anyway, the uh, we've actually uh, referred to what the event is in a very. Uh, uh, Enter the Dragon, uh, Balls of Fury, and of course, when you have all those, you must have a large banquet-style uh, meal of sorts. And in Mortal Kombat, also, they even use that that day where yeah, in Mortal Kombat. Uh, so I like how and and this one again, and like you're saying, it it's the the calm before the storm. Uh, this issue right here, pretty much, um, they tell them, hey. Right now, let's, you know, there's going to be so much bloodshed tomorrow. Let's, you know, break bread and, and drink together. And and it, it gives them a chance to start uh, sizing everybody up. Um, I, I, I like that issue. I like this issue for that. Um, they're, they're all trying to pick their strategies. And um, the people of, uh, what is it, Arakoa, mm-hmm. um, they're, 
they uh, you can see all of them just underestimate uh, the people of Krakoa, which are the the X Men that we know. A toast, a dance, a dinner served, part one, rated T. Which, yeah, again. Um, go ahead on that note. You said that. Oh, there you go. There's your. There we go. There's your cover. Um, you know, I remember when we first saw this, we were like, "What the heck?" Uh, what this did was validate Storm again. Um, throughout the years, they have really. I, I don't. I still don't think she gets the. Uh, she gets the uh, the accolades that she deserves. Um, you know, she's been a leader of the X Men. She defeated Cyclops. Um, she's been the leader of the uh, Morlocks uh, after defeating Callisto. She's done a lot. Um, and she is, even though, you know, we've seen those issues, uh, the last time that we've seen a, an embrace like that was her and Forge. And you remember he broke her heart. Like she was just like, what the heck? Um, and I think this validates, um, who storm is just how strong of a, a character a person she is um and even right there you were wrong war this mutant does not fear us and she doesn't she's just like yeah whatever i'll take y'all on whatever you know i've i've danced with death many times in a different form um and she talks you know i mean she has probably one of the strongest characters um in comics and and i i think even in the media how they always talk about people like black panther and stuff like that unfortunately they overlook storm who to me again i mean and this is way back in the 90s she has a vulnerable spot but she's very strong and it you know she's like an actual person she's you know and they don't they don't use her like they could and again like i said things like with black panther oh she's black panther's this and it's like she's always been, you know, you know, she was, she's, she's was one of the ones known as a goddess, you know, when, in, you know, when uh, Xavier first went to talk to her. And so she's always, you know, she's been treated like a goddess and then reverted back to a teenage, you know, a kid where she was, a, uh, um, you know, pickpocketing stuff. And um, well, no, I mean, if I recall uh, one time they did a, a, a throwback to where, he remembers a small child pickpocketing his uh, uh, Xavier, his pocket. And I think it was storm. Um, and so again, she's, she's been a survivalist um, again, through all her stories of even trying to survive in the streets of Kenya. Um, and I think this, I like it. I like that. You know, it's not like they're trying to reinvent storm. If you look at her stuff, she has, uh, day in day out has been the 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 strong character and i just don't either they don't know how to promote her or what but um you know she's she's one of the 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 strongest and i don't mean physical wise or anything like that but the strongest character that the x-men have had in you know for the past 20 years past 20 30 years well if, if you look deep into her storyline she's the only x-men in the circle that they're going to have who is still version 1.0. All the is others have been reincarnated. She has never been killed. Never been killed. She hasn't been brought back. She is still the original Storm. Well, it's but because she was referred to as a kid. I was thinking of the nanny uh, storyline. 
But yeah, no, you're right. She was never killed. Uh, I don't want to give away the ending, but of this of part one. But wow, I, I can't wait till next week. That's there you go. Well, with yep. an ending, with an ending like it had. Don't you give know it away, they man. You've been giving, questions. You've been well, giving no, I mean, spoilers they, away all they, over the place, man. They, they, they gotta they gotta answer questions quick. You know, I mean, heck, heaven forbid, you're gonna look at the cover of the next issue, and I know that's gonna. And, yeah, and, yeah, there, there, that's there, not yeah, even what you know per that's se a, happens, but see, that's the thing. If you if you if you end up looking through previews and stuff like that, you are quickly going to get. Uh, uh, it's not even spoiled. a spoiler. It's like, what the heck, you know? Yeah, okay, but uh, you know, it goes it goes back to like, I mean, a lot of people who collect comics don't go through previews. You know, I mean, most right. people, most people browse the the comic scene you know they go to the comic store and they see what's on the shelf and then they decide again pull box worthy um and so these well, guys geez. these people are I, I i take for granted we had a preview book every freaking month right. in our house you know yeah dating that's back what to I'm before 1989 or 1991 and we would go through it and oh check this out you know three months later what you know yeah we had to wait <laughs> But and that's what I'm saying is that a lot of people don't they and that's why that's the only that's one of the reasons I have that issue with the comic book store we have here in in where the city I'm in um, because you can't you can't do that you can't go in this comic book store and see what's on the shelf because again they have like X Force number six and it's already like a year later right now going on so I mean you can read that comic and go ooh well when's the next issue coming out. Oh, this one's like half a year old. So you does he have somehow. Venom number one? No, I've looked. I was gonna say then you could have found the the, but, the but, hidden Easter egg. But, <laughs> but he has, but he has been, um, he has been getting Doctor Doom on the shelf since issue one. My Little Pony. No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> but he did tell me that somebody in their box has Sonic stuff. Carlo, oh, never mind. So what, what's your theory? What's your theory on on okay. this book? Um, what 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 was used? Yeah. Oh, what, was it? Oh, what was it? What was it? But you know what? You I don't saw think the he, hand, right? Right, but I don't think he drank it yet. No, no, no. It was in the food. I don't think it was. Was it the drink? Because he, well, he didn't like do this. anything. No, you, you see him sprinkle over. She yeah, well, was. They, yeah, well. Because if you look at the the, the frame, I know she's doing that. The but, hand and but you don't. Again, you don't. Did did he eat or drink anything? No, he or got did right he just, up. Right, yeah, he got right up. But what do you think? So, was, you know what was it? Well, I mean, they're trying to tip the favor. So either they're trying to. I mean, again, unless they don't know who the hell Wolverine is, because I mean, are you really gonna be able to drug him? I mean, his healing he factor. Well. Yeah, he he get it goes he through drinks the system so quick. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So I do they not do they underestimate him? Do, I don't know what's going on. And and I saw that. That's the first thing I saw. Like, oh, what's going to happen? But then he does what he did, and it's like, wait, were they already doing that, or is that? I mean, he was already pissed off the whole time. In the beginning of the book, it starts off with him pissed off, and you know, so and again with his sense of smell, he couldn't have smelled something different. 
in his drink or his his food. I don't know. Again, we're gonna have to wait till next week. Well, at least we can, you know, see it already next week. Which, again, I didn't. I mean, it's not even a bi-monthly. It's like two or the week after another Marauders is coming up. They should have just gone black and white with it. And well, let's let's go ahead and uh, we we eagerly can't wait. Await. We can't await the next three issues of of the of the X of Swords or Ten of Swords. If you're uh, looking at Roman numerals, but uh, well, well, who knows where we're going to be able to get that? Because now this store just it doesn't my, have probably my comic store. There you go. We're gonna Roland's gonna have to uh, help us there. But uh, I need three of everything. Three of everything. <laughs> uh, the new <laughs> the new book that we're gonna actually find out if it's pull box worthy is one that had like like what we were discussing before. We're talking about the hype train. Crossover number one. Okay. Uh, this is the cover that we were talking about a little bit earlier. He's reading a comic book of the comic book that we're seeing. The variant that it's called, they're calling it the secret variant because they did not announce that there was going to be an alternate cover. Uh, the book that he's reading actually has an entirely different cover. And that's the ver version. We don't know what the ratio is. But um, I think I've heard anywhere from 1 to 25 or 1 to 50. So for every 25 issues, they were chunking some of these books in there. In some places, I saw people holding up to three of these. Now, I don't know if they went scattering all around at different comic shops or it just so happened three of them ended up in one store or whatever the case may be. But these books right now are going anywhere from $35 to $40 a pop uh, for the secret uh, variant cover of Crossover One. So uh, let's, let's do what we usually do and roll in. The creative powerhouses behind the best-selling, critically acclaimed God Country, Thanos Wins and Redneck, returns for the biggest launch of the year. Imagine everything you thought was fantasy was real. And now join us in a world where reality is dead and anything is possible. All right, I'm going to give the honors to to Mariela. Just uh, this was a this is this was like she had mentioned. This is the first book that she had read in a long time. You don't have to really get all all into uh, you know. But what were your thoughts upon reading this book? Uh, first off, jumping back into the comic book world, and obviously this is very superhero uh, type of book. It's a little bit different than what you had described of some of the other stuff that you read. Maybe something along the lines. Uh, I could see where Venom would fit in, but um, so what were your what were your thoughts initially when you opened up the book and you uh, started looking at the artwork and, and stuff like that? Well, I like the artwork. I like the colors. Um, however, I just thought it related to what was going on in the world, like current events and stuff. But um, using I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Not unless y'all understand what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah, just, 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 yeah, just, they were using a lot of the, uh, what is currently happening in mm -hmm. the, as the backdrop. There's a lot of similarities, but they were using the imprint of the comic the, book world. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, so I took, I took it as it was like a political, a political thing. Um, because that's the way it just, it felt to me, especially with the, what's going on in the world. Well, like, okay, so like the bubble, I mean, that was like, I took it as like the wall that they're trying to build at the border. And 
they're trying to like keep these superheroes out you know um which is what trump was to me in my opinion that's what trump was you know trying to do he's trying to like um like with the news outlets and stuff he's trying to keep like that at at bay or whatever and that's what they were doing here with keeping I don't know, like the people that were in the comic books and stuff like that, they were trying to sell like the propaganda books or whatever to the comic book guy. And um, I took it as those were the trumpeteers. So Rich, (laughs) I don't know if it's going to get any easier for you. Uh, You had asked Roland, how would you describe this book? You've had a chance to look at the book. Do you have a way to describe the book? Mm, it's not a book I would want to keep reading. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd probably pick up an, a, an issue later down the line, another one just to see how it's moving along, but it's nothing I would probably, um, it's not my wheelhouse. It, it's over, over socially commentated. Um, it's not in the same vein as his normal writing. Um, it, it, He's taken a big different turn uh, on this book. Um, he'll have the same, you know, uh, I, I guess the term would be he's going to have his twists and his turns that he normally puts in uh, in any of his books that he's writing, you know, Venom and, and that kind of thing, uh, which I'm pretty sure once you start seeing the other characters, I mean, they make mention in uh i mean how do you how did you get in or out and so forth and and they throw in the name superman got them in or out you know now it doesn't say whether it was true or not but that's what they say uh, you know it just um, i mean they hyped it up to have a lot of crossover stuff in it uh from different characters and everything i had a bunch of easter eggs in there and so forth but if you get too tied up into the story and the underlying message that they're trying to put through, you you lose the ability to keep an eye out for those, uh, for those Easter eggs. It's like, it takes over the story. Uh, Right off the bat, Richard's already saying that this is probably not something that he would probably continue. Maybe he'd check out some stuff a little bit later on. Um, So what, what, what are your thoughts on? uh, Um, Well, um, when you look through the book, you see a lot of, and, and again, it is where, um, I've, I've read it twice. I, I've, I told you after I read it the first time, I, this is a book I'm going to have to read four or five times, uh, just like how we watch movies. Um, and, um, I, I like the setup. I kind of like the initial, you know, um, you know, they're telling the reader, Hey, this is what the story is really about. Um, and so it's kind of, again, first issue, it's like, as we've talked before, it's like the pilot issues, just like uh, how we felt about Inkblot number one. Uh, we thought it set it up, but so far in Inkblot, the execution hasn't uh, gone through. Um, here, they set it up. Um, you know, they just like it, already the first issue gave uh, Mari the, uh, that feeling of, of, you know, what's going on today. And I felt the same way. Uh, there's certain little snippets here and there that go, Okay, I see what he's doing. Um, so something else that I'm I'm noticing, and that you know I don't know how 
there's certain people in this comic that may be drawn a certain way to look like somebody. How many people in this book are actually supposed real, to look like somebody? People. What if they're right. that, that's the that's the Easter egg? Uh, at right. times, I kept double taking, wondering, is that Donnie Cates in the book? Yeah, are they putting themselves in the book as? That's exactly that's what I was wondering, and, and especially in the comic book store, it's like, wait a second, you know, are these like actually the people that worked on the book? Is there? Are, are these, you know, the creators it, of other books? Are they, you know, what is it, going on? It's here? the ultimate blur of real world crossover comic book, blah, blah, blah. It's there's so many inside things in this thing where uh, it's, you know what it is. It's, it's, it's like when Tarantino does his, uh, and a lot of people they're on the fence of this because it doesn't seem like the typical Tarantino movie. And that's once upon a time in Hollywood. They said that that is his love or his, uh, his uh, love note to Hollywood and what he feels about Hollywood film and the old, the heyday of, of that kind of era and stuff like that. I've heard similar things about uh, crossover and Donnie Cates that, that this is his love note uh, to comic books. He was a comic fan as a kid. You know, I, I mentioned this also in the previous podcast. He, and he ended up owning comic book stores. And then, you know, he went to art school. And then he eventually, you know, started, you know, getting into the comic book biz. And now he's the one of the hottest writers uh, right now. And it's almost like, well, let me go do this. And I'm not going to forget the people that I used to work with we're still going to continue working together and making, you know, the, the next project and, and, and stuff like What's that. What's the longest run? What's the longest run of a book that he's been on as a writer? I would say redneck right now, like current, like continuously doing books. I think it yes. was redneck redneck has the How most. How long issues. has he been doing that one? I think they're close to issue 30 or they're almost at issue 30, if I'm not mistaken. And previous they're almost to three years. Almost three years of doing it. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I believe and so. And that's almost close to Chris Claremont. To his 17 years of doing it. <laughs> well, and then, it, well, then if you look at uh, uh, Venom, he's been doing that since 2018. Well, look at that. They're almost up to yeah. 30 issues also. So that's an actual pretty big dome to cover all of Colorado. And then you can see it in Utah. You would have to be able to See, probably the guy, the guy he, smiling, the guy that was smiling just right there. Is he somebody? And you have John Goodman as the priest. Yeah. And it's amazing how they bring Molotov cocktails into the whole thing. huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, because of um, Akira. It's they had a lot of them in that one. You know, but but you're but you're right. It, what ends up happening when you when you got something of that nature, anybody could be a potential. Oh yeah, you didn't know I put my cousin in there, or oh I put this celebrity artist there, or I put this writer in there, and all that kind of stuff. So that's the I guess that's the fun part of the whole thing. It's all it's a, it's almost like when you're when you're looking at the Sergeant Pepper's cover, or if you're looking at. Uh, like a mad magazine when they have like the whole big spread and they have all these like crazy little things happening. Yep. You don't know what, what is, you know, the parody and what's real and what's, you know, some kind of fictional character and all that kind of stuff. So 
you end up playing around in in, in that particular uh, realm. So like Raiders of the Lost Ark. When you look at the hieroglyphics, they have the <laughs> Star Wars guys in them. Yeah, but uh, there you go. That's the that's the first uh, issue of of crossover. Long and the first. Oh yeah. This will be the first issue of the pull box, so we'll see. Yeah, the new uh, if it's pull box worthy, uh, most definitely. Uh, that's that's an episode uh, of Rip Comics podcast for me and the crew. Keep reading.